The bio for the Twitter user, DHS and FBI, thought it was a critical threat to national security, read, DM us your weed store locations. Hose be mad. Hose, <laughs> not like garden hose. But this is a parody account under a banner image of Blucifer, a 30-foot-tall demonic horse sculpture featured at the entrance of the Denver International Airport. We have the water. Be there for your, for your people. Put it right there. Yeah. This is a podcast going on. You know what I'm saying? John here doing my favorite thing on a Sunday afternoon. You're listening to the American Freedom and God podcast. Presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Waters and Jessica Tarlow have a little go-round on, I believe it's the five with uh, Greg Gutfeld and several other names on that talk show. So, this conversation is over, Jesse tells Jessica. This is it. No more. End of conversation. I think it gets heated up sometimes, and I have been watching that show um, a few years back uh, on a regular basis. And they always was impressed that they bring a liberal onto the show because most of them have the, the, the conservative outlook, you know, but this common sense outlook, I, I'm not even going to call it conservative, just common sense. They're talking about things and they bring a liberal on this, uh, you know, the set there on the panel just, just to have that voice, you know, just to have that opposition say what they want to say and be able to, they were able to do that without really getting too heated, you know. They, they would make light of it, make fun of it, Jesse and Jessica. Also, Greg Gutfeld and Jessica. And they would just uh, go back and forth a few times on a subject, you know, agree to disagree then, and let's move on. <laughs> also, we're going to listen to Dan Mangino. He's, uh, he's talking about censorship, and Elon Musk takes over Twitter, and will some of these things that were censored, will they be able to be allowed to return to Twitter? There's people trying to um, make the case that Elon Musk must not be allowed to uh, bring back certain talking points or certain uh, things that were censored and canceled off of Twitter that he must not be allowed to bring it back. Now, how can you do that? <laughs> They're trying to uh, litigate or trying to, to make legislation to keep him from being able to do that. Uh, do they have that kind of power? That's a good question. Hey, welcome to another episode of the American Freedom and God podcast. We call it the American Freedom and God podcast because yours truly has a hope message for you. Um, you know, it can be at the beginning of the show. I usually just go ahead and do the show and wherever it is time for that part of the content to show up. It's usually the 
towards the, the end of the show because I want you guys to stick around for the hope message as we talk about the current affairs going on in today's America. And so, if you'll just hang in there with me. You know, other things too. I, I, I play musical clips. It's usually something original that you haven't heard before. I show artwork, something you may not have seen before. And we talk about uh, the freedoms that it took to, or the freedoms that I had to create that stuff and how, how it could be if we could lose those freedoms, how things would be. And then, and then it just, you know, if you stick around for all that content, then you get to that hope message, which is the most, uh, relaxing and refreshing part of the uh, podcast, in my opinion, <laughs> in my humble opinion. Well, let's get started. Today's title is Stand Up for What You Believe In. Will you stand up for what you believe in? Come on, get up. Come on. And we're listening to Kiss Alive from 1975 at Cobo Hall Arena, a place where I was growing up at the time, and I think I was about 16 at the time in 75. Am I right? <laughs> this shows my age. I just told my age. What are you talking about? And so you were listening to the part of the song 100,000 Years where Paul Stanley tells everybody, why don't you stand up for what you believe in? Come on, get up. And I just thought today's title was Stand Up For What You Believe In. That'd be a great time to put that excerpt in there, right? <laughs> so let's just get right on to it now. Let's, what was I talking about on the five there? What, what was uh, what was going on with that? I don't know. We're just going to have to pull it up and see. And so let's try that first. We just get over there. I think I'm just going to hit play and uh, we'll talk, do some commentary uh, right after there. Okay. Now. Uh, what? That's <laughs> are, are, no, are, is that really what's happening? Or are, well, is I'm the country right, angry? Yeah. <laughs> is the country angry because Greg Gutfeld has made them angry? Yes. Or Lindsey Graham has made no, them angry? I'm... Or are they angry because there's a crime wave, an open border, and everything costs too much? Well, mostly about the inflation part and the crime part, which is factoring heavily into a lot of races that Democrats um, would be putting away. We're going to talk about the governor's race here in New York, um, Pennsylvania. It's obviously a huge issue. Wisconsin, where President Obama was featured. But I watched both rallies. I was actually in Georgia over the weekend, and the energy is huge, both for Walker and for Warnock and Abrams and Kemp. People are fired up. And it's, it's always exciting to be in a swing state where your vote actually matters. I, I don't have that happen that often. Um, Except this year it's a swing state. <laughs> We'll see how swingy it is. Um, but <laughs> I found I thought President Obama's message actually was consistent with what he was saying about staying away from the woke stuff. He talked about a lot of bread and butter issues that the administration hasn't been talking about. He acknowledged inflation and he said it's bad. It is bad all over the world, but it's bad. Don't say that it isn't bad. And the one thing that he hit that I do not understand, right, is at the core of the Democratic message is what happens if Rick Scott's plan goes into effect to Medicare and Social Security. And you should all, it's about a minute and a half clip of him talking about Social Security and how people in Wisconsin work their whole lives to get that money. And that if Republicans get into office, they're going to means test things, they're going to scale back entitlements that you've worked for. And I do not know why Democrats aren't leading with that. Can I ask, you a, it doesn't work, can I ask you a serious question? Well, <laughs> it, it, what, what Republican president recently has, has attacked and gone after and reduced Social Security? No one has been able no to one. 
Right. But that, but and that how many Republican presidents have we had in the last 50 years? We've had quite a lot, but they've never actually done what they're always being accused of. Is it in Rick Scott's plan? In his commitment the to America? The one Republican in the entire Senate, yes. The one. No. Well, but he's the only one who put out a plan to the point of what are Republicans going to do? He, he's the only one. And Mitch McConnell came out and said, I have nothing to do with that. But he didn't put his plan forward, right? So you guys tell me. Kevin what's the McCarthy big Republican plan? Kevin laminated a really nice plan. Yeah, what was it called again, Dana? Commitment to America? The Commitment right. to America. Have you read the commitment? <laughs> it takes four seconds, Does it by slash the way. Social Security? It, it does not. Conversation over. Coming up, <laughs> Democrats getting desperate to explain away surging crime. Now it's a Republican. Okay, all right. Well, I thought it was more heated than that. It's one of those sound bites that uh, actually just went smoothly. But point made, Jesse's just like conversation over. So Jessica Tarlove is always trying to sugarcoat. The, the horrors coming from the Democratic Party, in my opinion. She's got a, um, a word salad every time, no matter how devastating this party is to the American freedoms and the, the economy and what it cost me yesterday at the grocery store to get five things. Yeah, a couple of produce, a can of something, um, you know, for the, the chili or whatever and, and one other thing and I'm, I'm, it's up to $20 and it's used, that would have usually only been $7.95. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable how much more you have to pay for everything. And she'll sit there and talk like everything's hunky dory and we're fired up and blah, blah, blah. No, you're destroying this place. That's what you're doing. Nothing hunky dory about it. So how's everybody doing today? Stand up for what you believe in is the title of the show. And I just want to go into that for a minute or two. Um, if we don't stand up and go vote, that's that's first and foremost. Take, like Dan always says, take 10 people with you. Now, I've been listening to the, to the Bongino podcast for a few weeks now, so I kind of absorbed some of the sentiment that comes out of that podcast. And uh, he's always saying, take 10 people with you. Take 10 people with you. The country relies on it. One of the most rational speakers in, 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 on TV and in radio right now is Dan Bongino because the things he's saying, they're, they're, um, it can't be more clear and rational. It just can't be. And he, he's telling us that it's a certain way, and he's right. It's, so you can go ahead and listen to Jake Tapper or somebody who's talking the opposite. And is that rational? Is that right? Can you really buy uh, – uh, Jake didn't say this, but somebody else on, his, on that side did. Can you really buy – an out, a gun easier than you can buy an apple. I mean, are we really, you guys really having that conversation or are you going to talk something more rational and down to earth? When, uh, again, I went in there, I grabbed, uh, two peppers, a tomato. Yeah, I don't need a whole lot. I'm just by myself, right? So you get too much stuff, it goes bad. We don't want that either. Uh, I grab a pepper or two. I grab a tomato, um, an onion. A thing of potassios and uh, a can of chili, which will become a Frito pie eventually. But you know, it's just stuff. You know, you, you noticed you ran out. You like to do it every uh, every other week. You like to make that. So you, I grab another can because it ran out, and uh, I'm thinking, all right, the usual, the usual. Let's go to checkout. I don't need a bunch of groceries. I just need these few things. Let's go to checkout, and the price has more than doubled from what it used to be. Now I need fuel. Let's go to, so you go in to the grocery store, you're on the membership card. If you use their fuel pumps, 
supposedly save a dime per gallon and stuff like that based on how much you shop there. So I'm over at the pumps and I'm looking up and I'm pumping fuel. And, you know, usually if, if I'm, uh, you know, a few notches below full because, because uh, every time it gets almost a half tank, I like to get back and bring it back up. And that has been costing an average of around $18. So I do it this time and it's more like $25. And if you don't see a definite difference there, then something is wrong with you. The people that are being hurt the most are the ones that live paycheck to paycheck because if the prices did indeed more than double at the grocery stores, that means it's more than double in a lot of places. Other things they got to buy like clothing, new shoes. Um, I just, I'm just seeing bigger dollar amounts on everything. I had to get a car battery the other day. Just left me stranded. It got luckily this, uh, wonderful Georgian young man that works at the Publix supermarket come around the corner saw me there with the hood up hey can I jump that you need a jump and I said absolutely let's do this thing I put them cables on and didn't want to do anything right away it was like that dead the locks wouldn't jingle nothing would work um I was sitting there doing a specialist uh, job that that I do this is an entryway sign to a complex that has many um businesses in there and it is uh has a name for the complex and, and the name has lost one of the letters well i had recrafted out of wood a replacement letter it's the letter e and you know about eight ten inches in size three quarters thick i painted it and brought it out there to that sign and i was finding a way to fasten it because this sign was pre-existing i didn't build this thing you you've got to know how they Put what pegs they used to put all the other letters on because the one that fell off of the pegs went with it. It was missing everything. So I'm looking it over, coming up with a plan. There's an Ace Hardware not far uh, in that same complex. And I'm going to go and get what I need to, to fasten this letter back to this uh, entryway sign for the property. And uh, yeah, so I did all that and I got the letter done. It was all done. And I put my key in to leave and it. it it wouldn't come back out and it wouldn't start. <laughs> that thing just refused everything, even to give me my key back. So I'm out there with the hood up and long story short, now he's got me jumped, but they didn't want to do anything at first. And then and he said, man, really, I'm going to have to go. I said, usually give it 30 more seconds. And it turned slowly and it finally cranked. <clears throat> I went straight to the Walmart to buy a new battery. And this is what happened. I expected to pay. He's telling me, just get the, the die hard. Everlast, whatever. Y'all have a three year on it. Just get the one that's like 58 bucks. Uh, that's all you need for it. That's all you're going to need. I wouldn't sweat it too bad. He's trying to make me feel better about the situation. I head over to the Walmart and I get in there. We look up the Chevy Equinox battery and there are batteries on the shelf that look adequate that are only $58. I was like, maybe I should just grab that one. I'm not sure. Is this top post or side post? I didn't even look. Uh, and not any more of these batteries are buried under covers and everything. You can't see them down in there. But, um, I, so I'm like, well, let me just look it up. And we go through the chart. We find that, uh, that make, model, and year. And we find the battery that is required for that. $178. I said, no. <laughs> I've never paid more. Well, I mean, you could have if you wanted to buy the most expensive. But I usually go with the most adequate that'll last at least three years three to five years and it's never cost me any more than 70 bucks for any vehicle i've ever owned 
But uh, this one was $174. Now, you can bet uh, about $70 of that money was due to inflation. The other 100 yeah, you would have paid $110, maybe, maybe $109 before the inflation. Now you're paying $175. This is no joke, people. If we're not, if we, we need to all charge more money, and if we all charge more money, you see what happens there. You, you might get shut down or told we don't need you any longer then. Truckers, if truckers have to pay an additional four to $500 at the pumps, from what they were paying, or maybe it's 2000 additional dollars at the pumps to go to where they're going with the load, then they have to charge more to run the load. And then that gets sent to the people who are putting the products on that truck. Now they have to charge them more for their products. I mean, pay them less. Sorry about that. <clears throat> so I got a little dyslexic right there. <laughs> They'll pay them. They have to. They have to say, "Look, we can't. We can't pay that kind of money for it." And it just it's it trickles right on through every aspect of this economy. Now you put somebody in office that doesn't understand any of that because they've never had a job. They've always been a politician from from the time they're born and raised. Yeah, they went to school, and did some of the normal things, but but the time it was time to leave mom and dad's house and go go take care of your own. Um, they got into politics or whatever, and you know the the state paid their wages. They got the money, and all they had to do is sit around and talk policy at a desk, do speeches. You know, when it's time to get reelected, campaign. And so they got into this routine where they understood it all. And they got to where they knew how to do it all, and the pay was always there. But they've never had to pick up a power tool or a handsaw or a tape measure or a string line or climb a ladder or walk a scaffold or, or get out in the yard and do the bushes. They, they never had to do any of that in their entire life. All they ever had to do is sit around and talk policy. Do you think they realize what they're doing when it comes to the economy? I'm thinking not. You know, it took, what it took was when President Trump got into office, President Trump understood the things about the economy because he was a businessman. And I used to always think, what if the United States is always talking about trying to balance the budget? We're so far in debt. People have these problems with inflation. It doesn't matter if it was Democrat in the White House or Republican. We kept having these inflation problems throughout the, you know, period, time, period where I was growing up. And it's like, what if we were to get a businessman to become the president instead of these politicians? Now, wouldn't it be better because they would, just as they know how to make their business boom, or even if it goes bankrupt, they know how to recover from it. They know what to do to take care of that or, or, or both. You know, they, they just know business. And um, what if we were to have that as the president instead of just some politician who never worked? Wouldn't that be better? And uh, so, you know what? It came to pass. That happened. But I was always thinking it before it happened and before it came to pass. And so, to me, it was like, um, wow, I, I'm kind of worried because we don't know what Trump's going to do. Uh, he's got the keys to the to the nukes <laughs> or the codes, I should say. And we don't know what he's going to do. This guy's he's not a politician, but... How's he going to, and he did talk rough around the edges, but he showed uh, the United States was uh, his main priority, and he showed that he cared 
about the United States. He said some things that hurt people's feelings. But where have you ever heard of that not happening in politics, right? And he did uh, what he knew to do it from the standpoint of the uh, the same kind of sense he had, you know, being a businessman. Now, I'm not saying that back then. I never knew Trump like some people did back in the day. And he wrote that. He wrote his books and he did his crafts and he had his uh, TV show. And he has he had his successes, and there were people that said he was a this and he was a that, and there was a not nice words back then. So, but I never knew about that because I never knew the man. I never paid much attention. I was into other things. I was in my own little world. Only time I started knowing about it was with that show, The Apprentice, came out. I think I captured about ten minutes of it. And I said, this guy's always firing people. Oh, okay, it's part of the show. <laughs> you got to fire someone every time. Um, but I started listening to why these people were making it, why these other people were, why the other one was getting fired, and I started understanding how he's seen everything. I said, he's pretty clever. He is pretty clever. That was what I knew of the man. Then I, again, there were people who were saying all these things from, from the past that were, I never knew him back then. I'm not sure what he did. I just knew that of him. And also I want to point out, which one of us has never done something that you were not proud of and that you, secretly went and prayed to God and said, oh, you know, I'm really sorry I got that way. I won't do it ever again. I repent. <laughs> Which one of us has never? Okay. So anyways, I learn about this man for the first time ever when he finally gets elected president. I'm like, I'm going to take politics for four years. Why? Well, this new guy in the White House, it's not really a politician, but I watched his show, The Apprentice, a couple of times. I think he can do very well, but we're not sure. <laughs> so if I learn more about politics, I might get a better understanding whether or not we can say good things or bad things about the current president because I'll know a thing or two. And that's exactly what I did. I took a four-year course about the whole time that Trump was in office. I was studying the, the realms of politics from one spec, uh, end of the spectrum to the other. And there was a lot to learn. There still is. You know, you never learn at all. This is political science. So now I've realized that this is completely separate from learning the uh, the government book that you learn in college. Political science and government is two different things. I didn't know. I, I, I thought it was all the same thing. When you take government class, you, you get tested. Either you flunk out or you pass and you go on to the next class. Um and you, and you know something about uh, three uh, branches of government and, and the separations of power and the separations of church and state and yada, yada. And now you know all these things. Now you know the government. One thing you didn't learn, political stuff. You didn't learn politics. You just learned um, what government looks like on paper. You didn't learn any politics. So that's driven home, guys. What is all this stuff talk about censorship coming from Dan Bongino? It's time to listen in and see what he's got to say. I got that opened up over here somewhere. I'm going to go ahead and play that for a few minutes, guys. Let's listen in to just, you know, some of this and make a comment on it. And then we got to move to the hope message. Here we go. Ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, it's here. No more pretending. A just shocking report out by The Intercept of all places, which is a pretty left-leaning outlet, about the efforts the FBI, DHS, and your government has gone through to censor you on social media. You, yes, you I'm pointing at right there. Although pointing with a finger is rude, use the arrow hand. You all out there. It's, it's here. Now, it's only a matter now of what we do with it when and if we take back Congress and the Senate. 
Your government is violating the First Amendment blatantly, openly, and brazenly against you. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You don't like uh, big government and big tech spying on you? Well, get a VPN like I do. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Uh, Folks, I've got a loaded show for you today. This Intercept report that came out. It's just stunning. I've got some screenshots from it, some information, and a video showing you how we're always ahead of the curve here of an FBI whistleblower we played yesterday that you warned about exactly this. I've got that, an update on the Paul Pelosi case and the leftist efforts. (laughs) You cannot make this up. The bio for the Twitter user, DHS and FBI, thought it was a critical threat to national security. Read, DM us your weed store locations. Hose be mad. Hose, not like garden hose. But this is a parody account under a banner image of Blucifer, a 30-foot-tall demonic horse sculpture featured at the entrance of the Denver International Airport. <laughs> Ladies, and I know. you got. I don't blame you because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. He's like, yeah, this sounds sane. This is what the DHS official apparently in the email thread wrote. We're not sure if there's any action that can be taken, but we wanted to flag them for consideration. The Twitter representative responded, we will escalate. Thank you. (laughs) This is so freaking bananas. This is like, this isn't even North Korea. No, it's not. Kim Jong-un, I don't think really cares about a Twitter user with 56 followers who says, hose be mad. DM us your weed location. I'm, I'm serious. He's focused on the on, on killing and murdering uh, bigger accounts that may pose a threat to his uh, to his fascist terrorist uh, regime. This is unbelievable. All of your fears have been absolutely confirmed. Keep in mind, this is the Intercept. The Intercept this is a left wing outlet. Everything you thought would happen has happened. Believe it or not, this story gets worse. Very rarely do I use multiple screenshots, but this one, boy, do they deserve it. I knew that DHS was a bad idea. The minute I got that badge, we were in the Treasury Department, and they said, here's your new badge, and it said Department of Homeland Security. I said, oh, boy, it's going to get ugly. So Eric Schmidt, the Attorney General of Missouri, has been doing yeoman's work in uh, his lawsuit against the government for coordinating with big tech. So apparently, according to records filed in federal court, two previously unnamed FBI agents, Elvis Chan, Elvis Chan from San Francisco. Where have we heard that name? Oh, that's right. On my show from FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafin. So you knew about this already if you listened to this show. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to know more. So they talk about these two agents in the paperwork, Elvis Chan and this uh, woman, uh, Lauren Demlo, who is the section chief of the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force. Apparently, they were involved in high-level communications that allegedly led to Facebook's suppression of the washing of the New York Post Hunter Biden story. Wow. So every single thing we told you about the FBI actively interfering in elections was true. This is The Intercept, by the way. They note that the Hunter Biden laptop story was only the most high-profile example of law enforcement agencies pressuring tech firms. In other cases, Facebook and Twitter accounts flagged by DHS or its partners as dangerous forms of disinformation or potential foreign influence were clearly parody accounts or accounts with virtually no followers or influence. 
All right, right there is good enough. Dan <laughs> Bongino, guys, and I'm going to go ahead and stop it there. <clears throat> He's got a good show. Uh, if, you, if you ever want to, you can tune in to his podcast. You know, it's anywhere you get podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, whatever, the, Spotify, whatever the most popular ones are. I think iTunes is probably that. And you can get in there and just uh, type that name and it'll come up or use your microphone. <laughs> and then when that podcast comes up, check it out. Check it out. You're going to get rational, rational understanding of what's really happening instead of narratives, narratives that aren't reality. When you watch the, the mainstream news, you get a lot of just narratives. You can switch between the channels and they all are on that same talking point for that same time of the week or whatever it is called a narrative and what we can do is uh, we can compare narratives with reality and the way we can do that is find the people that speak rationally there's there's uh, the we always use on this podcast we use the agency um, judicial watch with Tom Fitton the president of judicial watch and we use the rational stuff that he puts out there that he emails to the people on his list the videos that he makes the documents that he holds up and shows to the camera says this is what we're doing and this is why we have to do this it's rational we use that a lot here so that we can also too be rational so on this podcast i'm not all about what can i do to uh talk down the, the opposition to the way I believe. But I'm all, uh, instead of that, I'm here to talk about what can we all do to maintain our everyday freedoms. We can stand up for what we believe in. And the very first way you can stand up for what you believe in is get to the ballot box and cast your ballot. I think for, for myself, the early voting is about to end maybe this Saturday. I might just go down there then instead of the, the long lines. But you know what, guys? You would wait in a long line to get out a roller coaster. <laughs> so when voting day comes November 5th, November 3rd, whatever it is in your state, get down there, get in line, and vote. We won't tell you what to, we don't tell you who to vote for uh, on this podcast, but we do talk about what's real. So there's narratives and there's reality. This screenshot is driving me nuts. Oh, boy. So anyways, I'm going to go ahead on to the next one now. Uh, next is the hope message for the uh, American Freedom and God podcast. And so I have bookmarked um, a page here to, to work from. I'm going to go ahead and let me bring you today's hope message out of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet of God. He was chosen by God to, to be um, the one who will try. Uh, he's the one that will bring forth the warnings to Judea and the Israel, uh, the Jerusalem occupants of Jerusalem and Judea at the time, and the Israelites. For they were following exactly what fantasies that they had in their heart instead of following. The simple instruction from God as far as how to conduct themselves in everyday life. They were doing things that God considered an abomination. And he says it right here in the book of Jeremiah several times. They were following their heart's imagination instead of having their Lord in their heart. Well, I was reading from the uh, chapter 18 yesterday. And I just want to go back to 
Well, Jeremiah was a prophet of God, and since God used Jeremiah to try and put warnings out to the people of Judea and Israel at the time, uh, Jeremiah in Jerusalem, he would use Jeremiah to warn them and tell them uh, things. He would speak to Jeremiah. So back then, and even today, the Lord will speak to people who he so sees fit to do. And um, there are those that are saying, and the Lord spoke to me about this and about that. And I think what they're saying is they seen signs and they felt it in their heart. And they, they like to translate that as the Lord spoke to me. But with the prophets back in 2,000 years ago, back uh, when the Bible was being written, these prophets were writing these words based on actual account. They were writing, the Jeremiah was writing the book of Jeremiah based on the actual account of what happened. Um, I want to see if I can find a spot in this uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, I believe it is. Yeah, 18. Okay, so this one about the potter right here. Uh, chapter 18, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. So Jeremiah says here, he continues to write and he says, Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was married in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Um, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand. O house of Israel, at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. This chapter goes on, uh, the writings goes on and describes what the Lord was saying to Jeremiah that he's going to do with these people who refuse to, to allow him in their hearts. They were, they were his people. They are his people. And he wishes they would change. He wishes they would repent. So he warns them through Jeremiah. And the entire book of Jeremiah is um, mostly God telling him to stand strong. I've got your back. Tell these people what I tell you to tell them. And they're not going to like it. They're not going to like you. They're not going to like it. But but I will I will be there for you the entire time. It's like forty chapters in this book. And the reason I chose this today is because of the example of the potter, where God actually interacts with His prophet and He tells him, "Can I not do with you what I what you just saw me do with that potter's hands?" Because he made that second vessel, and when he made that second vessel, the potter seeing that it was good, and he didn't understand why he was doing the second one, but he did anyway. That was the work of God, and he got into the potter and did that. And then he told Jeremiah, can I not do that with you? So knowing that, you knowing me, I want you to convey these other words. And then it, it goes on to... to um, Describe the Lord goes on to describe to Jeremiah, give, give heed to me, O Lord, and hearken to the voice of them that can then contend with me. 
shall evil be recompensed for good, uh, for they have digged a pit for my soul. Remember that I stood before those who speak good for them, and to turn away from the wrath for them. Therefore, deliver up their children from the famine and pour out their blood by, by the force of the sword. And their wives are be bereaved of their children and be widows and let their men be put to death. Let their young men be slain by the sword in battle and let a cry be heard from their houses when thou shalt bring a troop suddenly up upon them. So he's saying that all he's all these things are going to let all these things take place. And you know what? It's going on in the world ever since. Stuff like this. The troops, the slains, the, the um, much of the, the, the sorrowful <laughs> ridden words that I just read is going on today in this world. It's, uh, the, the thing that it, it says to me the most is in the book of Jeremiah is that if God wanted to, he, he could put a stop to it. He could change everything. He could, but one thing he, he doesn't, the reason he doesn't is because of the free will of man. And if you're going to follow the imagination of your heart and create your life based on that, instead of the power of the goodness of Jesus in your heart, then he's going to allow you to do that. And you're going to do it through your free will. But he's saying, these are the things I'm going to cause upon you so that you will, um, it's, it's a slow to anger God so that you will see maybe one day that I exist. Um, a lot can be interpreted from that book. I'm not the, the, the biblical scholar one needs to be to really interpret it, uh, you know, great. But I can read it and I can comment on it. And that's exactly what I just did. I wanted you guys to know that we're going to do this every week. Uh, we'll talk about some current um, things going on in America and how, how do we maintain our freedom. And, of course, I will always bring up something for you towards the end of the show to bring some hope. I was hoping that you would uh, stick around to the end of the show. So that's why I kind of save it for them. All right, guys. Well, I'll do it again next week. And uh, until then, goodbye. This has been the American Freedom and God Podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Bye.